Hi, I'm Ashley Stamatinos, five-time number one best-selling author and your host to The Rewire Show, where I'll be interviewing some of the best minds about how to rewire your sensitivities into your greatest strengths. If you like what you hear, please give us a five-star review, comment, and share with your friends. And please remember to visit ashleystamatinos.com for additional resources designed specifically with you in mind to strengthen your transformational journey. Thank you for spending time with me today. Now let's get to the show. Hi everyone, Ashley Stamatinos here. I have a very special treat for you today. As you can see, I'm here with my dear friend, Christina. Welcome. Hi. Oh my goodness, I'm so excited that you are joining me here today. And for those of you who do not yet have the pleasure of knowing Christina, let me tell you a little bit about her so you can get to know her before we jump into conversation, which I'm so excited to chat with her. Christina Maglino is an empowerment coach, spiritual counselor, and artist who has traveled all over the United States and Canada as a public speaker. She has hosted and taught many workshops on empowerment and on, she's mostly done these on the West Coast. She is also an intuitive hand poke tattoo artist. Have you even heard of that? I mean, I have some questions about that. I want to know more about this. Christina also loves to incorporate the tattooing into these teachings of initiation for women. So super curious to hear more about that. Christina is passionate about supporting women in gaining emotional awareness, stepping into their power, and listening more to their intuition so that they can have the life and business that they have always imagined. So again, welcome, welcome, Christina. Thank you so much. It's so fun to be here with you. Thank you, Ashley. So fun to be together. I mean, because I know even more than was in this bio, I, in my head, I have a bajillion questions. And so I'm going to try to keep them kind of organized. <laughs> so let's, uh, let's start from the beginning. What, tell me a little bit more about you and your journey of getting here to this point or, um, you know, or even becoming, you know, uh, what you are now, what you, what your, you know, your gifts that you're sharing with the world. Sure. Oh my gosh. There's so many things I could right? say. I know. I'm like, oh, that's a big question. It's big. Um, and my question back real quick is, do you want like, I've shared with you some of my really personal, like early, early year stories. Yeah. So I think that sometimes we're really blessed with these like major downloads as young people. Um, and I didn't know that that is what I was going to get, but turns out <laughs> when I was six years old and my mom, who's here actually, I'll have to get her if um, she can help me with the story. But from what I feel into and what I remember is that at six years old, I started getting these migraine headaches mm -hmm. and I, they were very debilitating for me. So as a really little kid, I felt very disempowered because I was little. And then I also was going through a really painful experience. Mm -hmm. And um, over some years, uh, my parents were incredible during that time. You can only imagine having a child yourself, like what that must have been like. Um, for them to take me to all these different doctors. So I saw 
many different kinds of doctors from holistic healers to psychics to people who did hypnosis to chiropractors to naturopaths you know this whole thing um, trying to get answers and what ended up happening is that I just got sicker and sicker and sicker and I ended up in the hospital I ended up in Children's Hospital in Seattle and I was like, I want to say eight, eight or nine when I was really in there for a long period of time. And they ran a bunch of tests and they couldn't figure it out. But one of the tests they did was to do an MRI uh, brain scan. Yeah. And when they did this, they saw something abnormal in my brain. And they called it, they, they immediately called it a brain tumor, which is really intense if that's totally not what you're expecting from this. You know, we're thinking, you know, they were thinking last resort, let's do scans of her brain. Maybe we'll see something that caused the migraines. Mm -hmm. And so they come back with this information to my parents and they say, we can't believe it, but we're seeing this abnormality. This is what it looks like. We don't know how long she's gonna live. And so that, you know, instantly as a child, I, a couple things happen. I'm a highly sensitive person, always have been. So when I was little, I even questioned that. Like I remember hearing it, feeling very, again, disempowered because the adults in my life were like this, it's, you're done. Like yeah. you don't even know how long it will take, but we're pretty sure that having a brain tumor in the middle of your brain, my hypothalamus, which is right in the center of your brain, is there's a very low chance of surviving even uh, surgery if you have to have surgery, right? So on top of that, they don't think that that could cause the migraines. Oh. But, right. So, so they're seeing this problem, but then there's also me just not being able to function. Like, I wasn't getting out of bed. I couldn't brush my own teeth. I was struggling to function at all because of the pain I was in. So they put me in the child psych ward at children's hospital and it's it's hard to even talk about what that's like if you've never gone into a place like that because those people those kids that we put in the psych ward in children's hospital met they have all different kinds of things going on yeah. there was a child that was dropped off there who just her parents didn't want her so she was living there until they found a place for her to be so that's the kind of thing like you can only imagine what that was like and um when i was there you know i'll kind of like get to the point the point is i was ready to be done yeah. i didn't believe adults in my life were uh caring for me showing up the way that that i thought they would show up as a little kid you know i'm eight years old the you know the doctors there had a lot of stories about me making up my pain i needed to start um I had all these rules. They did behavior modification therapy where I wasn't allowed to put my head in my hand. I would get, you know, I was on a point system. I had to get enough points to get snack time or to get a game or whatever. Didn't care about any of that anyway, because I could barely function. Um, and they had a woman come work with me. And I think I mentioned this to you at another point. She, yeah, I remember. Right, she walked into my room. I was, I had a shared room with an 11 year old girl with an anger problem. I was like a littler girl in this room sharing it with this woman with intense emotional trauma. And this woman walked in and I was sobbing. I was sitting on my bed sobbing and she 
closed the door and she looked at me and she said, listen, you little, you better knock it off. I see right through you. And that was the person who was working on uh, meditation with me and get it like calming my body so I could be with that. Yeah. Weird stuff, right? So I get through, I want to say I get through like maybe four weeks of living in this space. And it came to a point where I was just ready to, I was really ready to be done with life. And it's sad to think that, but I remember looking out the window, like, okay, how do I get through the window? It's double panes. Like, I just need to end this. Uh, And I laid down, I was in a lot of pain. It was nighttime. And I just prayed to God. I was a a Catholic. I was a good Catholic girl at the time. So I was praying, 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 just take me away. Take me out of this body. Like I'm ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. So I got into that kind of liminal space, like right before sleeping, Um, still in so much pain. I was just kind of trying to give into the pain, just let like take me away. And somewhere in that time, I had this total, these two giant angels appear to me. And it was, it was like a dream. It was like a vision. It was like it was really happening. I know my eyes were closed, but it was literally like I was in this other realm. Bright light. The whole thing that you think of when you think of angels, you know, it's like bright, shining light. And these, these what look like female creatures, you know, with really long hair, just like everything that I would look at as a little girl and go, oh my God, like somebody out there is like cares. Something is looking after me. So I listened to the vibration of this. It was so profound. There was so much life energy like given to me in this vision. And I knew that the message, they didn't use words, but it's intuition, right? Like I was feeling, um, I'm very clairvoyant. It was like I saw them and I got the whole message. Then the message was, you're going to live through this. You have a mission. You're going to walk out of here. And it, it might not be easy, but yeah. you're going to do it. Yeah. You know? I woke up a whole different person. Oh, wow. My pain wasn't gone. It was not different, but I woke up and I drew a picture of the angels. I have it somewhere. Um, and I just knew like something had shifted in me to know that like, I'm going to overcome this. Mm -hmm. And as a little kid, this is a great reminder for those of us who work with little kids or have a little kid. Like we, they, we, I knew so much at that time. Thank you for that. You know, yeah. And so having such clarity and you remember eight years old, like we all kind of by that time are remembering big experiences, Absolutely. you know, so I did walk out of there at some point because I started, I started doing everything they told me to do because I knew that was the thing I was supposed to do. They were like, here, you got to do A, B, and C. You got to get enough points so that we can see that the pain is going away or the perceived pain is going away, right? Right, right. I was like, let's pretend, you know? Like, right. this is so funny, because later on I, w- I started acting. I never put that together. <laughs> but, you know, I was like, okay, I can act this out, you know? Yeah, that's so smart. Wild, right? You so I told you to pretend. You just knew that's what you needed to do to get where you wanted to go, right? 
Right. Which is like so strange that I'm in a hospital and that I'm supposed to be getting help and that what I learn is how to manipulate the adults around me. Like, what is <laughs> I mean, for good, for my, uh, like saving my own life. But oh, yeah. It's the manipulation, the definition is really just changing energy, just shifting energy from mm. one way to another. So I, you know, you used it well. It was smart. Wow. So let's back up for one moment because in that moment where that nurse or aide or person, you know, came into the room, shut the door and said that to you, that is like, I can feel it so violently thinking yeah. about that. So how, like, for some of the people who are listening, can you sort of talk us through a little bit of how, I almost think that people who are listening are so sensitive that that's, even hearing your story is so upsetting, right? So, so what are some ways to sort of um, help that? I'm not sure exactly what my question is, but just the, 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 the intensity of sensitivity you had and mm -hmm. the, the trauma, the drama, the suffering, the injustices that you had, like how, how do people who are listening embrace that story without it being too hard, you know? And then how did you sort of overcome it beyond leaving that psych ward, that children's psych ward? Yeah, that's such a wonderful question. And I'm so glad you talk about the experience of your viewers. Yeah. Because it's so important that we remember that our stories have impact, you yeah. know? It's, we are not in a vacuum, there are people with us right now. We, I think yeah. we mentioned that the last time I talked to you, there's, wow. a whole, there's a whole bunch of people involved here, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and what I will say is that one of the things that I think, and maybe this will help and maybe it won't, and right. let me know if I'm answering your yeah. question, is that I feel so incredibly empowered by this story now. Yeah. So empowered. You know, when I, when I think of that little girl inside of me, I don't think, poor Christina, what a bummer, you know, what a hard life. Like, I think, oh yeah, like, look what I did yeah. and, and look what I keep walking through, you know? And so if that is part of it, and maybe that's not, you know, but if part of it is like, oh, that poor person, because our empathy is like that. You know, I think, oh my God, that's so horrible. Don't feel that for me. You know, that's part of the message is like, I, I am, this is the gift. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. it's similar to your story. It's like, that was such a gift. Totally, totally. And I was told things that were so disempowering as well. And just like you, the intensity of the situation fueled me to change my life in a way that not only changed my life, but went on to change the lives of so many others. So I am totally in alignment with you on mm. that and a million mm. other things. <laughs> yeah. That's so awesome. And also one other element that I think is really interesting that you're sharing about this and I think is so beautiful about you at such a depth of your soul level is I think about so many of us humans who have to go through health issues to sort of wake up to our spiritual awakening. It, it seems like a very, very common thing. Oh, how did you get started in this work? And most people share with me a, a health um, triumph story. And mm -hmm. you did it at six. Mm -hmm. I did it, you know, in my like, like 20. I mean, how amazing and what a brave soul and what an incredibly 
motivated young individual you were to go through such an intense experience and start that spiritual journey at seven years old. I actually think it's amazing. That's really kind for you to say that. And that's another thing like people can take away because it's like, yeah, it's even weirder. I will tell you like having it happen at six, actually like at 20, it makes sense because you could just do it and you like blast it off into your purpose. Right. And when you're six, at six, it's like, I'm still trying to figure out exactly how I can help people. You know, I think I have been my whole life, like ever since that time. Right. What is the thing I need to do to help, you know? So anyway, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. So I wonder that experience, I know that it probably wasn't right away, but is that um, part of the motivation of traveling all around? You sound like such a a well-traveled person, what inspired you to travel and see the world? So that's a, that's a good question. I feel like, and it's funny because I haven't thought about like putting, you know, merging those two aspects of my life. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I know has been an over and over again breakthrough for me has been using my voice. Mm. And makes sense, right? Like it gets yeah. really shut down if you're a little and you think you're going to die, and the people who you think, you know, it's all just what we think. I thought my parents could come save me. I thought the hospital would fix it. Nobody came, you know, and so we, I learned that my voice, my authentic voice, didn't matter. That was the message. Wow, yeah. Right? So as a very little kid, so I think that my personal journey has been how to use my authentic voice in all these different ways. And yeah, so then it was like, okay, so then I, I've been pushing my, as a, I think a lot of us really sensitive people are often um, introverts, you know? So I always identified as an introvert until I started speaking up and out and daring myself. I mean, I was brutally afraid of public speaking. Okay. You know? terribly afraid until I had one teacher come up to me in high school and say, you have got to, like, you have got to audition for the school play. He's like, you're going to kill it. And if you audition, I'm going to make you the lead. And I was like, you know, I was like, you're crazy. Like, I don't know what the guy saw in me, Mr. Payne. I'll just do some like, you, I'm sure you remember him. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. He's not even alive anymore. Like, bless him. He was a sweetie pie. Um, But he totally was the one who was like, you're doing this. And I was like, that's so weird, you know, to get that message. So I did. And the way I'm connecting this to traveling is that I end, I end up Mm -hmm. um, in my twenties getting a public speaking job that was like really hard to get. Like, I think it was um, a nine page like written application. Then it was like a phone interview and a second phone interview and an in-person interview and two auditions. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And then it was, it was a, yeah, tons. And it was a six month training program and it was all about leading a, a full day workshop with high school students mm. on a microphone with one other person. Mm-hmm. It was terrifying. Yeah absolutely terrifying 
but it led me, I traveled, I mean, I traveled all over the country. Yeah. I've been to almost all the states. I've been to many places in Canada. I've traveled elsewhere too, just because yeah. I love the experience. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But that's really, yeah, that's been part of it is just like, I, I won't even say that I'm such a great public speaker, but what I'm really good at is seeing the fear and driving through the fear. Cool. And yeah. it's inspiration to people. And I bet that you even just simply being present around them is unlocking them too. Maybe. Yeah. I wonder. I wonder too. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to back up just a moment. Something that you said within that story you had said that basically the story that you bought, the story that you were told that of course, you know, was what you felt was true at the time was that your voice didn't matter or shouldn't be heard or what was the phrase that you used? Your voice, anyway. I don't know, yeah, it was, yeah. Right, like so that was the story in your head when you were younger that, you know, you, you know, suppress that voice and don't speak out, you know, your voice isn't important. And then you learned to transition it and to walk through the fear to, speak authentically to audiences and to, to really empower people through your voice. And you learned that your voice does have value, right? Mm -hmm. So I know that you're an empowerment coach and a spiritual coach. So I'm guessing you probably help a lot of people who have those false stories, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Can you talk, speak to that for just a bit? Because I think that maybe everyone listening has a lot of false stories. What do we do with them? Absolutely. Um, I think that is, it's so multifaceted, yeah. you know, and, and we do, we all have our own stories. Mm -hmm. And I think story is, is amazing because we live, we live by our stories, whether they are conscious or unconscious, right. you know? So the way that I, I like to think about it is that first of all, you create your story every single day we choose what we hold on to as themes and threads for our life mm -hmm. but we can't really shift that until we notice it and it becomes conscious right yep. so it's a lot of that mindset work that i know that you're doing with people as well it's like how do i talk to people about like it's not your fault that it's, it's unconscious, but it is something you've got to draw out yep. to make it conscious. Yep. So we can, I think a lot of the, the whole empowerment thing is seating ourselves mm -hmm. in a responsible place in our lives. Mm -hmm. So on some level, I'm responsible for what went on with my life. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I do speak from a more soul level. Like somehow I chose it, mm -hmm. you know, somehow I was like, give it to me hard as a little kid so I can figure this out, you know? And what that does, and I don't say it like, like, you know, as a little kid, I begged to be injured or hurt by the adults around me. Good that you brought that up. No, yeah. Right? Like, there's a difference. Absolutely. It was not my fault. Not in the moment. The way I was treated was not my fault. Um, the power that, I, that was taken from me, not my fault. But on some greater soul level, I said, like, give it to me so I can go right. go use this for good, right? Right. And so, you know, thinking about our stories, it took me with that story of, um, I would say part of it was being a victim. That's been a story for me in my life. 
Okay. Until my early 20s, I, I didn't even know. It was unconscious, right? I was like, it's happening to me. Life is happening to me. Right. You know? Until I, I got woken up by a really difficult experience, again, of course. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the moment that I realized I was responsible for playing the victim in this dynamic, it happened to be with an ex-partner of mine, it was amazing. I didn't shut down. I just thought, oh my God, this is genius. Like, I can get out of this just like I got into it. Wow. Right? Yeah. So, so power, ridiculously powerful, but yeah. only because I finally dared to shift a story that was really old mm-hmm. and probably generational. As women, yeah. Yeah. you know, that story is like ancient. Mm-hmm. So I know I'm not alone in that. And I know that when I shift it, when I dare, I say like, dare to shift that because it is scary. Mm -hmm. When I dare to shift it, all these other women get that experience too. Mm -hmm. My family sees it. My family changes how they are with me. My friends change. Mm -hmm. You lose people in your life Uh because you're going to attract people that care about you more or are more in alignment, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I remember a long time ago when I was teaching Reiki, I would always teach people that basically like after you got the attunements, you mm-hmm. would see the wing clippers fall away and the wing fluffers would come into your life. Yeah. It sort of sounds like kind of what you're talking about a little bit. Absolutely. Yeah. That's so interesting. I love that. And so as you're talking about this, I'm noticing how much you are empowering people to move through what scares them, what debilitates them, what's stopping them from change, and to sort of step into their power to recognize how much choice they have when they didn't really realize that they had choice. So I've heard you say, um, you know, that part of the the title of what you're working on with people is emotion into motion. Mm. I was wondering, so is that kind of a part of the theory of what you offer, what you talk about with people is sort of like recognizing the emotion and, and putting it into motion or moving through it? Can you talk about that? Yeah. I think it's so cool. That's exactly what it is. You just, yeah, I get yeah. it. That's cool because I feel like I haven't always had that feedback. Like, what is emotion into motion? So I just said it one day. Like, I was doing a Facebook Live, and and I'll just be completely transparent. Like, when I, I get these, like, spiritual downloads, and it's like, go say it out loud. And I'm like, okay. And so then I go. I, I don't – I maybe bullet point it because I'm like, okay, this should make some logical sense in the world, you know? Yeah, yeah like, like a timeline because so I don't, you know, go like this. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. So I get the thing. And this was one of them. It was, it was emotion into motion. And – And what that really feels like to me is that we have these ways of being um, with our emotions. And again, it's a choice, but again, we don't always know it's choice, right? Until we become aware of it. Until an emotion like wakes us up and says like, actually, you don't have to feel this all the time. You know, Um, it can feel debilitating. I know our emotions can feel overwhelming. when I, when I talk about emotion into motion, what I'm referring to is because we can get overwhelmed, um, it can feel like we get stuck in that overwhelm or in that emotion. 
-hmm. And it's a reminder that A, our emotions are ever changing. Mm -hmm. So if you're somebody that practices meditation or mindfulness or anything like that, mm -hmm. sitting and being still and going kind of inside, mm -hmm. you've already seen that shift, right? I mean, we see that shift if we pay attention to ourselves. We see an emotion go from, oh, okay, like even pain, you know, I'll sit with chronic pain because I still get migraines mm -hmm. and I notice the pain go like this and, you know, and that's how our emotions are all the time. But sometimes it feels like it's forever, you know, like you wake up and you're, you're sad or depressed and it's like. I'm never getting out of this. Like, why am I, why, why do we do this life? And, um, talking about putting it into motion, it's not that, you know, forget the emotions and go do stuff. Like it's not forget the emotions and just have action. It's the emotion can be the driver for action in your life. I love that. You know, absolutely. We don't have to be victims of it. It can actually fuel us. Mm -hmm. So that's empowering. Mm -hmm. If I'm afraid and I decide that my fear, that I'm not going to go through that wall of fear, I'm going to stay frozen in it, yeah. that's debilitating. Totally. But if I feel fear and I say, okay, here's the wall. This is really scary. Mm -hmm. What happens if I drive towards it? What will that do? And can the fear actually then support me in my power as I walk through into the next, Ooh, yeah, in the, into the next action that I need to take. You know, I like how you explain that. That makes a lot of sense. Does it? Okay. Yeah. No, it totally makes sense. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And so, you know, one other thing that I thought was really interesting is it sort of sounded like every time a person makes a conclusion about their fear, like you know, this is how it is. I'm frozen in this. It's like they're putting like a thumbtack in it and just keeping yeah. it safe, like. It's that stagnant energy of yeah. no motion, right? So mm -hmm. you brought up all these beautiful questions and all those questions had so much motion and fluidity to them. Like yeah. moving forward, what will that look like? And how will that support me? And will that move me into my power? And I'm like, oh yeah, that's so cool. So to me, in my mind, I'm listening to the conclusions are sort of like no motion, stop energy. Mm -hmm. And the questions are so fluid and motion and part of what, really creates change and gets you out of the stuff, out of the disempowerment. Yes. It's so cool. See, I just, I vibe with you. I like your energy. I like how you're explaining it. Oh, I vibe with you too. And I love that you just like, like threw that back at me because that's so helpful. <laughs> like, we both see the same things and like different parts of it, right? It's totally. Like I love it. I love that. Oh my goodness. All right. So we're, you know, we're semi-nearing the end. So I want to change gears just a little bit and ask you about intuitive hand poke tattooing. Oh, I mean, sure. Because I really know very little about it. I follow you on Instagram and on Facebook, but I, you know, we, we, love, we like each other, love each other's stuff all the time. So I'm looking at these beautiful creations and these, you know, beautiful... I don't know, I would call them like illustrations, but I don't know the language yet. I have to listen to you talk about it. So tell me how you got started in that. And, and I know that you also sort of bring these into initiations for women. So can you tell me a little bit about that too? Absolutely. Yeah, it's very, it's exciting. I, so I have been doing like one-on-one -on -one tattoo sessions with people mm -hmm. and the way, so first of all, the way I got started was that 
I, it was something that I literally never in my life wanted to tattoo anybody. Okay. I like tattoos. I have a fair number of them mm -hmm. um, on my body, mostly machine done tattoos. Um, and, you know, I think that I must have seen, there was like somebody, I think it was Instagram. There was a woman on Instagram who was creating these beautiful, just shapes, like her own art. And it was all hand poked. And I realized the woman was like not that far from me in Washington state, oh. like this, this particular woman. And I really, really vibed with the, the work that she was putting out. I just thought it was gorgeous and empowering and beautiful. And so I just on a whim, it's one of those things like, do you ever like go through your life and you're like pretty happy with your work and things are going well, but then you have something in your head that's like, I've always wanted to do this. Yes. Right? Like, I've yeah. always wanted to play the piano, or I've always wanted to take voice lessons. Yeah. And that's what popped up for you? Totally. But I didn't know, I didn't always want to do, to do. Like, but it just came to me. This is what I want to do. <laughs> totally. It was like that thing where I was like, I'm going to teach myself how to do this. And it's kind of like that little kid who was like, you're not going to live through this, like whatever, whatever. And something happened. And I was like, I'm going to go do this thing. Right. Yeah. Um, so, so I literally messaged this woman uh -huh. this, like on Instagram. And I was like, Oh, Hey, like, I'm not stalking you. Like, uh, do you think I could maybe in, like talk to you about what you do? She was like, absolutely. Of course, let's have tea. So I drove down to where she lived and we had tea and she, I asked her a thousand questions and I showed her my uh, imperfect hand poke tattoo on my leg that I had already tried. <laughs> With all the right tools, I make sure I'm very like clean, you know, I make sure of that. Real tattoo needles, no like weird, you know, yeah. sewing, no sewing needles. Don't do that. That's terrible. Okay. Um, and she was like, that's not bad. Like, just keep practicing. Okay. And made it sound like anybody can really do this. It just takes practice. So mm -hmm. I started giving tattoos away. I gave tattoos away for three months. Uh -huh. I never did it on, you know, you hear of tattoo artists, like, poking, like, fruit or something. So they, they yeah. practice on something other than skin. Never did that. Oh, wow. I just went straight into, like, people. People and yeah, here's my body. Go right ahead. Wow. Just, you know, some people are like, oh, for free? Yeah. yeah. Those spontaneous people that are like, and I had people who were like, I don't care if it's imperfect. Like, you're great. And this is great. And I'm spontaneous. You know, I was like, I'm not like you, but that's okay. You know? Yeah, totally. So, so for me, everything, everything I do ends up being, um, being altered and shifted through my intuition, right? Like I get the, the messages come through and I'm like, okay, well, this is fun, like doing different people's ideas and symbols and things. And what I realize is that the empowerment work that I do absolutely can merge with this hand poke tattoo thing. Mm -hmm. And what's become of that is that I've done sessions with women where it's, it's like coaching, counseling, and tattooing all in one. They're sitting with me. They're talking about what they're going through. This inevitably happens with me anyway. This tattoo is um, for me to remember to ground myself. That's when I get a lot. I need something to ground my body. 
-hmm. not unusual, right? Like how do I ground into this body, into the earth so that I'm feeling powerful? So I've designed when somebody says, I often just say, well, what is it that you're looking for? What do you need right now in your life? And they'll say, I need to be grounded. I need more grounding. Right. You're attracting so many people who need to be grounded. A lot of people and through tattoo, which I find makes so much sense, Mm -hmm. right? Because when you're getting tattooed, you become very embodied. You're very present. Yeah. You know, especially being hand poked, it's not your nervous system is not fired up in the way when you get a machine tattoo. Oh, really? Okay. Because the machine is really hard and loud and fast. So you're actually feeling um, a lot more pain than when you're do- getting the hand. The hand poke tattoo, I always say, is like the feminine tattoo style. Mm. Yes, you feel each poke, but it is like way more easeful. You never get like the bleeding and the secreting that you get from a machine tattoo. It's very chill. Unless you have somebody not doing it very well. Be careful. Yeah. But, you know, but... Practice round. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Practice is good. Um, but yeah, so so the intuitive part comes when people tell me what they need, and I just draw. Wow. So I'll draw something that comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way that the other part of what you mentioned was like initiation and um, yes. what's just started coming up is groups of women. I'm getting groups of people coming. So it's not really... And this is the part that excites me the most because it's less about the individual, which I love, mm-hmm. um, and more about a collective experience. Absolutely. Um, so most recently, I was asked to do tattooing for, it was like a private event in a public space. So it was in a big space, um, and it was this, it was this um, art collective, female art collective. Oh, yeah. And, they were celebrating after they had um, sort of a run of sales and things. Mm-hmm. And because it was after hours, I was allowed to come and do my thing. And that was very cool. The owners of the place were like, yeah, sure. All good. I tattooed six women, just triangles. Oh, Same okay. tattoo on six women, just tiny tri- a tiny triangle for very little money. Because I was sort of trying this out, like what... Yeah what will this be for people? I said, here it is. Here's the little triangle. This is what you get for 25 bucks. I can do it in red or black. And I had a line. I only had time to tattoo six women. I had a line of women at like out the door. I had like 20 women who were like, if you have time for me, like, I want this. I want this. Really? And what you were hearing and seeing the whole time it was happening is these women were like cheering each other on. Many of them, it was their first tattoo. Uh They were really excited. And you know, the triangle, it's like this simple symbol of power and and of women, right? So it was like very simple, but it was initiatory for some of these women. And they had a whole crew, a whole group of them. It was like 10 friends. They were like right there, like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing, you know, just totally with each other. And they'll remember that forever, you know. So cool. It's such an interesting experience. And also sort of interesting to me hearing what you're attracting and that transformation that occurs Mm. around you and and with Mm. people around you. And Mm. very, very cool. All right. Well, I could ask you more about that, but I'm going to 
keep moving along. Um, mm -hmm. My last question to you actually is if you could share some words of advice or some encouragement to people who are listening. A lot of people I think are struggling with their emotions, struggling with burnout, overwhelm and things like this. And mm -hmm. they'd like to be able to thrive. They'd like to feel good and be happy. So yeah. what are some words of encouragement or suggestions that you might have for them? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think it, something I mentioned earlier is really important to say again, which is that the emotion always will change. Yeah. So, so it, it's never stagnant. And if you don't believe me, it is totally worth sitting with that feeling. Mm -hmm. And that feels, can feel so uncomfortable and I totally get that. But one of the nice things is, I think when we allow ourselves to recognize that we don't have to just live with something, that when we allow ourselves to get really close to it, it no longer defines us. Ooh, I like that, yeah. Right. So if somebody's like really struggling with a feeling and I swear I have been there, I've had years of depression, anxiety, you know, overwhelming feelings of fear. Yeah. You know, um, and I think the greatest thing is, is being still and it's simple being still and allowing ourselves to, um, close our eyes and be with what the feeling is. And I don't mean to sit in overwhelm. So if you're getting overwhelmed and crying and, and having a um, triggered traumatic response, that is not helpful. Right. So if you're going there, I would say lean out of it and go talk to a, a friend mm -hmm. instead. But if you can get close to it, notice it. And, and if you can do that without making up stories about yourself, right. awesome. Right? So if you can allow yourself to feel into the embodiment of the feeling, without making up stories, without blaming, without going into why is this happening to me? Yes. It is challenging just to note the body sensations. And that's what I say, like if somebody's having trouble with this, because our brains are amazing tools, right? They just want to throw out all the reasons why things aren't right and, and what's going on, because that's what our brain is for. Right. But if you can actually note the physical sensations, mm -hmm. that's very helpful because it will start to not, you will start to not be defined by the feeling. Mm. You will start to not be defined by the feeling. Yeah. Everything changes. Emotions are always in motion. I love this. Always in motion. And then the nice thing is, is if you are in emotional overwhelm, one of the best things you can do is have a conversation with somebody that you care about. And I don't even mean bringing to them your suffering. You could do that if it's the right person and it's what you need. I just mean emotional regulation. Oh. It happens. Like it happens just by calling your friend and saying, how are you? Like, tell me how your day is going. What's going on? And within five minutes, you will, you will feel the emotion settle. Interesting. Yeah. I have not heard that suggestion before. That makes sense though. I like that. Okay. Yeah. So it, it's just, you know, like what are the simplest things we can do? Yeah. Absolutely. You know? mm -hmm. And then like the last thing I would say is looking, being really honest with yourself about am I empowered? Am I in, um, yeah, do I feel empowered? Do I feel in alignment or do I feel like I'm disempowering in some way? or I'm victimizing myself in some way. 
-hmm. you know, and those are really hard questions to ask ourselves, but getting really real about it. Yeah. And, and I love that you offer those questions so much because as you said earlier, when we were in, in the earlier parts of this conversation, it's not your fault that you fall into a place where you feel life is happening to you, which is victimhood, but you do have a choice about becoming responsible for your life, asking yeah. those questions and looking for what is buried in the subconscious so that you can allow it to surface so that you can change it. Yes. You don't have to continue to be a victim. You have choice there. Right. You have such a gift for like wrapping things. Like I can't, even, I'm like listening to you going, she's an amazing, you're an incredible listener. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I adore you. You're awesome. <laughs> yeah, no. So is because I align with what you're saying. I, I dig yeah. it. I really enjoy what you're saying. And it's very um, true to my teachings for my clients too, which is really lovely. You know, there are people I interview where I'm like, uh-huh, yeah, okay. <laughs> of course, we can't all be in alignment. I mean, we need all different kinds of people, but that's totally. I'm trying to imagine you like that and I'm not, I can't, but. <laughs> I know, I have to, I, I, I feel like I've been that with, but we'll see. Maybe, maybe I'm overreacting with my response. Maybe I'm not really that much it. So, um, okay. So I would love it if you could please share with everyone how they can stay in touch with you. What do you have going on? What can people yeah. Oh my gosh. So, I mean, I'll just like put it back on you in that okay. I recently, um, my biggest new project has been the millennial spirit. Yes. That is a secret, everybody. Totally. So an interview series that has 23 major influencers around how to clarify your dream, unleash your full potential and make money while living your purpose. Mm -hmm. So what's cool about it is it's not directly about like intuition and empathy and like emotional strength, but there's a lot of that in there, Yeah. Mm -hmm. which I think is really, really cool and does speak to like who you and I work with, you know, like oh, that's yeah. our audience. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, and so I got to interview you and I know that this is supposed to be about me right now and how people <laughs> like can get a hold of me, but I will just say, Ashley, I have had more people talk about your interview than anybody else on my summit. Really? Seriously? Yeah. Oh my gosh. That, that's amazing. Yeah, it is. Aww, it is amazing. so good to hear that. Yeah. You're amazing. Aww. So yeah, changing lives all the time. Yeah. So there's the summit, um, and you can still, I think you said you would post that. People can still check out all the interviews. It'll yeah. run for one more week, so mm -hmm. if that's interesting to you. Um, and then I would say, like, the very best way to get a hold of me is honestly through Facebook okay, great. right now, because a lot is shifting. I'm shifting directions with going way more into coaching than counseling. It's all going online. So the best way is Christina Miglino. I have a, a business page and that's the best way to message me or um, you can email me. Um, yeah. Info at ChristinaMiglino.com is my, is my email, but you can post that too. And okay. Amazing. I'll have all that listed underneath you know, in the description of this interview so that any of you who are listening can click on those links and, and get in touch. And I hope that you will take next steps with Christina and stay in touch with her. Um, so is there anything else you want to share about staying in touch with everyone? Or do you feel the, like 
I know. Well, it's so funny. You're so intuitive, of course. Um, I don't usually ask this, but is there one more thing? I know. It's, it's amazing. It's truly amazing because you caught that while I caught it. So I wasn't sitting here going, I got to talk about one more thing. I literally, it just, like, did you make that happen? How did you do that? Um, the last thing that I will say, just because it's exciting and it's brand new, is that my friend who is absolutely incredible at reading the tarot mm -hmm. and I have created a tarot and ritual tattoo um, class and initiation experience. So it's going to be um, at least, I think a two day, probably a two day retreat okay. um, on Lummi Island in Washington state. But if that's yeah. something people want to hear about, we are very excited to get um, the opportunity to offer it. And it's a very limited amount of women that we're taking um, just because the house that we're renting can only uh, yeah. sleep people, but it'll be this summer. It's exciting. Wow. Oh my gosh. What interesting things you're doing. This is so exciting. I love it. Okay. So links for everything below. You will have access to all that for sure. Amazing. And if any more links become available, we'll add them there too <laughs> after the interview is over. So thank you again, everyone for joining us. We're so grateful that you took the time out to chat with us this evening. And be sure to subscribe to this series and get involved in the conversation by leaving a comment. Both of us would really love to hear from you. If you have any questions, any comments, any aha moments, please comment. We would really love to hear it. And so I thank you again, Christina, for joining me. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Ashley. Okay, bye everyone. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Rewire Show. Wondering if you are a highly sensitive person or an empath? Head over to ashleystamatinos.com to take the free quiz. While you're there, you can join in on the conversation with other like-minded people and discover fantastic free bonus content to support you on your transformational journey to rewire your sensitivities into strengths. See you on the next episode.